everybody. Hey. Can you start by talking about the blocking the, the punt and again what an unusual situation that is for the player to be in and, and just what your kind of guidelines and rules are there? Yeah, I mean, first of all, for Malik to get through was a great play by Malik, just penetrating. And, you know, it's hard to block punts, even when you get when you get there. And so he did the best job that he could, and he got it. Um, for Nashon, you know, we popped him out of there, and the ball got blocked right to him. So, you know, of course he's trying to handle it. And I said a million out of a million times, if the ball got blocked right to me, I would too. Because you really lose a sense of exactly where the line of scrimmage was. So he's trying to catch it. It came right to him to make a play. and. When it hit the ground, it was spinning like a like a top. So when it hit the ground, it popped real awkward angle to him. And he's got great ball skills, and he just you know he just booted it. And um, everybody knows across the line of scrimmage, it turns into muff status, which means it's a live ball. And just crazy play in the game. I mean, I talked to a coach this morning, and I got about 200 pump blocks on tape over the last 10 years, and this is only the third time I've seen it. So very rare play. Um, you know, great job by our guys, and unfortunately, we just couldn't handle the, the deflection, and they got it back. I mean, crazy, which is too bad because it was a huge play in the game, which I really thought would have put us back in momentum, you know, down two scores into the 20-yard line, and instead it flipped it around and <laughs> kind of with the ball bounced yesterday. But the players did know the rule. They understood the rule. They was passed out of the game. You touched it, you know, most of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah they, they knew it, you know, but – but for Nashon, he was standing like right on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, and I, they they knew it. Um, trying to make a play, you know. Looking at the coach's copy, the line of scrimmage was a 17, and Nashon touched it right on the 18. So, so you know, it's, it's a good rule. It's been in the rule book forever, as far as I know, and it's a good rule. And I just haven't ever seen it like that close to the line of scrimmage. So tough one. Coach I'm sorry, you said no. in, in Nation's case it came right to him, but is that difficult for a player in that instance to fight instinct to just go get the ball if you see it? I mean, is that, is that a difficult part? I would imagine so. I've never been in that position as a player, but I would imagine, you know, if I'm a player, and you kind of lose sense of exactly where the line of scrimmage is because you probably don't really think about it, but if a ball got blocked right to me, I would imagine your instinct is just to catch it and try to go score with it. You know, whether he could have or couldn't have, you know, doesn't matter now, but you know, ball got blocked right to him, and that's what he said. He said it came right to me so fast, and just I tried to catch it, and kind of lost sense of exactly where I was in relation to the line of scrimmage, which I understand. He's a rookie, and you know, tenure vet probably answered the same way. Um, it's just crazy. I mean, it's crazy to think about how big of a play that could have been, and instead it turned the opposite way. You know, but damn. It was just the third time you've seen it. One other one involved Coach McCarthy's team in Green Bay. What was the third one? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, the one in Green Bay was against um, Baltimore. Were you in, were you in Baltimore? Then? No, no, okay. no. That was I think it was four or five years ago. Okay. I was in Baltimore forever ago. And then the other one was Pittsburgh and the Chargers, I believe, in Pittsburgh. And the and both of those times the ball was clearly far across the line of scrimmage, so it was an obvious you know live ball situation. This one was. Same situation, but way different because of where it was in relation to the line of scrimmage. You, well, you said it's a good rule. Why do you think it's a good rule? Um, probably just because that's the rule that it's always been, as far as I've understood it. You know, whether it's good or bad, I mean, that's just the way it's always been. And so we talk about it. Um, and I think it makes sense to have a, you know, a 
a line that separates live ball from non-live ball, and that's the best line right there. So I just, I think it's a, I guess it's a good rule because that's the way it's always been. And it was the right call, you know, unfortunately. Right when I saw it happen, I saw Shawnee touch it, and then we tackled them short of the first down. So I was thinking, okay, we blocked it, we tackled them short. The ball didn't cross the line of scrimmage, so we lost a couple yards, but it's our ball. And then you're looking at it, like, I didn't realize that it actually had deflected that far. Because from my side of perspective, I thought it was maybe five to 10 yards of a deflection, and we touched it, which is okay if it's behind the line of scrimmage, as long as we tackle them, because they can advance. So a lot went through my head immediately. And I went to the ref and I said, didn't cross the line, didn't cross the line. But that was just hope, you know. And that was, that's, that's what I thought, but it was also hope. You know, knowing that it's probably going to review and whatever I say doesn't matter anyways. You mentioned the momentum that it could have brought if the punt has been successfully blocked and covered, and then how it ended up affecting momentum. How much do you view your job and your special teams guys' job as helping bring those momentum plays when needed? Yeah, we, we talked about it this morning in our special teams meeting that you know, we have opportunities like that, especially in games that are kind of, just, you know, it's, it's our job to not manufacture a play, but if we have an opportunity presented to capitalize. And we did, and it, you know, got away from us in a very weird way. So that's kind of our goal is, you know, we don't have a lot of reps during the game compared to offense and defense that are in the 60, 70 play range. You know, ours was about a 14 live ball play rep day yesterday. And, um, we came close to capitalizing, and our job is to flip momentum. And um, I tell the guys I'm proud of them for, with the limited opportunities, not pressing, not forcing plays. Like Tony Pollard, he wants to return all the kicks, but sometimes you got to just take the touch back until you get the right kick. So um, don't get frustrated because frustrated players and coaches make bad decisions. And so we talk a lot about that, you know, competing and trying to make big plays, but not force them and manufacture them and get impatient when they don't come. Well, it worked well on that opening kickoff return. Uh, first of all, Tony's a really good runner. And then second of all, I think our guys blocked it really good. It wasn't a, a magical, schematical you know, presentation or put together. It required a couple good double teams and a couple good singles and a runner to have good vision. And um, it wasn't really that complicated. I just think they executed it really good. We got a ball that was kicked in a pretty good spot for us to return. Um, and we practiced it pretty hard all week, all the possibilities that could happen. And um, it was blocked really good. And Tony, you know, broke two tackles. Just they were really, really good tackle breaking that, that we watched this morning. Um, so hopefully, you know, we get a little momentum on the kick return game, which is kind of reminiscent of last year. You know, the first eight games, it was kind of like, eh. You know, then we hit one against Washington pretty good. And then another one came. And um, we just said, hopefully, you know, you see, you see one like a jump shooter. You see one go in, you know, a runner sees the crease, then hopefully it starts coming a little more often. Sticking the onside kick there. Did he, did he get it where he needed to in terms of his approach? Or? Yeah, um, maybe a little bit more gas on the kick. And we had a couple other options we could have gone to. Based on how the game was going, we thought we'd go with what, he'd what we had already shown on tape. Um, and there's ways we can actually make that better. And sometimes it's good for, for me to see it, to see how a team might attack it, so how we can defense it or attack it better. Um, we had a couple other options we just didn't want to go to at that point in the game. In the previous week, Kelvin Joseph worked in for the first time, and then Francis Bernard yesterday trying to get yeah, I'm really proud of Kelvin Joseph. If I ever accidentally say fat, fat is Kelvin Joseph. This is 
What's his other name? Boss man, fat, boss man, fat. So fat, Kelvin Joseph. Um, for the second week, he's you know he's for somebody who hadn't played special teams and probably got drafted without the intent of hey you're going to be on the front line of kickoff return you're going to play gunner and you're going to be a five on kickoff you know not coming in probably anticipating that was going to be his role I'm really proud of him really proud of Kelvin for um, taking on that role with a lot of pride and in two weeks shows that he can he can be a big factor for us on special teams and then it was great to have Francis back um, unfortunately you know because of Jabril's injury Francis got a shot but I think Francis might have got a shot even if Jabril wasn't hurt uh, but it was great to have Francis back on the field too he played meaningful reps for us last year uh, and brings a nice big body kind of physical presence and so he was felt yesterday and he, he performed for the first game back pretty darn good he said the only thing that kind of hurt him was his neck a little bit just because when you're not banging and colliding and playing preseason games you know his body felt good but just some of the collisions you know my neck's a little bit sore but normal stuff you mentioned that you've seen it three times in 200 attempts in the last 10 years. So what do you, how do you go about looking for that? And I mean, what's the process? Um, it's, just, it's just rules that we cover. And th this might have been something, we might have shown in OTAs or training camp. Hey, you know, if the, if the ball crosses the line of scrimmage, same thing on field goals. You know, poison call, get away from it. When it's obvious and clear, you know, if it doesn't cross the line of scrimmage, let's try to scoop and score it. If we boot it or muff it, it's still our ball. They can't, you know, so we talk about that, but it's not like something, honestly, that I talk about every week or every even month. It's just something you cover early in the season. It's a super rarity. So where are we going to spend our time talking about stuff, the stuff that happens a lot? So I can't remember when we covered it last, but um, it's a known rule and it's just, golly. To have it happen in that time of the game right on that line is, I'm sure a lot of other teams are looking at it and coaching their guys up on it. But all the players are saying, well, coach, what if I don't know where I'm at? The ball is like right on the line. The answer is probably attack the football, try to handle it, get as many yards as you can, and then just don't lose possession if you, if you cover it. I'd imagine that's, that's what we told our guys. Well, sorry, less about what you were telling me, but the 200, that's 200 successfully blocked punts in the last 10 years, or? That's, yeah, I mean, we have a tape of all the blocked punts in the last 10 years, and it's around 200, yeah. Um, so looking at all those, most of them get blocked and get scooped and scored, or dead balls behind the line of scrimmage, or, um, yeah, it's just, it's a rarity. Thanks, guys. Thanks, all right, thanks, you guys.